0: No one is, is 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 more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipolo. Alright, as promised, First and Pod is back after the marathon that is the NFL draft has concluded. Subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. Pony, did you watch the draft live on
1: Saturday? Uh, not all of it. I watched some of the fourth round, and then I circled back for the seventh and was kind of just tracking it on my phone in the middle. So I would say I probably watched between an hour and two hours of draft coverage on Saturday.
0: You got me by a little bit. I wanted to watch my buddy Matt Miller do his thing for ESPN, which was cool. Like that guy's been grinding forever. And it's just, it's a I I love it but it's the perfect track on your phone event. Mm -hmm. When's my team coming up? When's an interesting player? And then you go back and just study the guy that your team drafted as opposed to sitting there for the whole thing. But what we're going to do is just kind of, I'm going to handle the NFC teams. Pony's going to handle the AFC. If we have any team here, like if I have something to say about an AFC team, I can give a quick thing on top of it. You uh, same for, for the NFC But we wanted to, this probably won't be as long as the last pod, but, you know, we're not going to go deep on the fifth rounders for everybody, but just (laughs) basically, like, you know, your overall thoughts uh, for for how they approached it. So I'll start with Carolina since they picked first. Uh, Obviously, Bryce Young will be the thing that makes or breaks this draft. If he's Drew Brees with mobility, it'll be the best draft that any team had Mm -hmm. if he's, Kyler Murray or worse it'll be a disaster but I at least like when teams do things that make sense in terms of like telling a story like in a poker hand if you want to represent something you've got a the first move has to connect to the second move which has to connect to the third move I thought that taking a receiver Jonathan Mingo at 39 to try to replace DJ Moore and give Bryce Young a talented yards after the catch given that he's like the accurate quarterback who should hit everybody in perfect stride like Mm -hmm. that is telling a story that made sense they didn't have a ton of picks but I like when you try to pair a receiver with a quarterback like I would have like if Carolina would have stayed (coughs) at 12 and taken uh Smith and Jigba to pair with Stroud that would have made sense to me uh obviously they did a lot different things there but I liked Carolina's second pick, but obviously it all comes down to Bryce Young, who we both kind of doubt.
1: Yeah, the most interesting thing about them to me is the NFC is so weak. They're not really a number one overall team. They were in it to the end. They were a a mediocre team, but they made a coaching change. But the coaching change is so quarterback friendly. And the staff they assembled there, you've got Jim Caldwell as an offensive assistant. You've got Josh McCown, who Houston wanted to hire as a head coach before the NFL got all pissed off. You know, you've got the offensive coordinator there who came over from the Rams who's looked at as like a bright, you know, basically like smartest guy in the room type. So no shortage of coaching there. There's no salary cap on coaches. They've got this uber-rich David Tepper. So it's a new era of, of Panthers football where finally, since Cam Newton, they like did not do a half measure at quarterback. So I will be interested in them as a team that might be able to surprise people this year coming out of this draft.
0: I keep saying on the show that bears fans are like, Oh, they could have a top five, top 10 pick next year. I, I don't think Carolina's bad. They've, they have a good defense. They upgraded a coach. Like you said, they won seven games. The division sucks. Yep. And we'll see about Bryce young and they didn't completely punt on skill position guys top 40 pick at receiver,
1: added Adam Thielen. Like, I don't think they're going to be that bad. So I have ordered my picks for the AFC teams based on how Mel Kuyper graded them. Oh, okay. So the highest graded draft from an AFC team, according to Kuyper, who, by the way, got one out of 32 picks right in his mock draft. He got Bryce Young right, huh. and then he got the next 31 wrong. That's awesome. There needs to be some accountability on this shit, but there's not because everybody Mel lo- loves Mel and he's been doing it for 40 years and he eats a pumpkin pie for breakfast every day. So he has his hometown Ravens with the best draft. Now, people love the Ravens draft every year, but this is the first one where it seemed like there was a conscious effort made to give Lamar Jackson help in the passing game and not so much as a runner, which is obviously the big question. How much do they take him from run first to maybe, you know, balanced offense in 2023? And how is he gonna play that way? I thought the most interesting thing they did by far was that they took that offensive lineman who blew out his knee at the combine, Andrew Voorhees from USC. It was a horrible story. Who knows if he's gonna like if there's insurance involved and everything else? But they stashed him in the seventh round. Danny, this is what I do in my fantasy drafts all the time. I look for guys that I can stash, you know, who you can, like, bring. Oh, guys suspended. I'm going to get him in, like, the eighth round, and then I'll have him back for the second half of the season. I thought that was a brilliant move. He's, like, a second-round graded player, and they said, all right, we don't need him this year. It's a seventh-round pick. These guys suck all the time. I love that. So I'm going to give them an extra vote of uh, confidence here and a thumbs-up on that move. So love
0: the draft and stash. Um, the only thing with the Ravens that I didn't like, just a Another side, main, side linebacker. Well, right. So, so Trenton Simpson. Like I watch a decent amount of Clemson football. He was just okay. Like never stood out. Even though as, he was a
1: gigantic
0: recruit, I mean a huge colossal right, recruit. Right. But never never jumped like with all that talent around him. And they invested in Roquan Smith with the second-round pick and then paid him. And Patrick so, Queen's already there. Yeah, he was not very good. Um, but, like, so it's, it's it's a ton of investment in non-premium positions. And so if you just look at it, like, second-round pick in an off-ball backer and now third-round pick in an off-ball backer, I, I wasn't as high on that uh, just in terms of allocation of resources. Uh, Seattle, I know we disagreed. With Witherspoon and Njigba, I think I was with more of the majority uh, in liking it. I also wanted Derek Hall for the Bears, the DN from Auburn, Mm -hmm. who his highlight package is pretty awesome. Like, rangy dude who gets real low to the ground, has a crazy bend around the end, very productive player in the SEC. Uh, Their draft on paper looks great, but it's pretty easy to. When you have four picks in the top 52, I didn't really get taken a running back from UCLA when they had Kenneth Walker. It felt like they had other needs uh, with that spot. So that was the only premium pick that I didn't really love. But guys that I had talked about on the show for the Bears a lot and thought about at positions, I thought that the first three picks that they made, I I liked all three of them.
1: And they had taken a run, and they took a running back later in the draft too. Yeah. Which is so weird. I mean – They hit on all their draft picks last year. It was the best draft class in the NFL. That's how they got to the playoffs with Geno. And so to just take two more running backs when you already have Kenneth Walker, I thought was, you know, take swings on guys at other positions and hope that you hit a home run like you did last year with like rolling in those guys. So that was a confounding thing to me. Uh, The Bengals are the second team here on Mel Kuyper's list from the AFC. Now, here's what's going to happen with them. It's it's obvious to me. One of these guys that they drafted, this wide receiver from Purdue, Charlie Jones, who looks like you, or this guy from Princeton who they drafted in the sixth round as a wide receiver who tested off the charts. It is the first guy that's gotten drafted from Princeton since, like, Kyle Brandt or somebody, or Russ, Ross Tucker or something like that, who, would like, the highlight tape was great. Uh, my prediction is one of those two guys is going to blossom into a great receiver there. And the dude with the long hair who was catching balls in the slot there last season, who used to be a television actor, he'll get beat out by one of these guys. Charlie Jones from Purdue or the kid from print. And I think the guy from Michigan was a great pick, the corner turner, who ran a four, two, six, forty. It was great in the Ohio State games the last two years against the bet. I have no idea how this guy was not a top 30 pick. I'm How
0: far do you think you could go in 442 or 424? Four, four?
1: Well, I've Three. actually done this. I ran the 40 at Pitts Pro Day last year. And I think and what I was your time? I think I got about 25 yards.
0: <laughs> All right, yeah. So, I, I think I'd be about halfway done. Yeah. In in 4 seconds. Uh Chase Brown, the running back from Illinois was I like thought he was player.
1: better than his brother.
0: Right. He was like the poster child for around here for like, it's a deep running back draft. You don't need to tra- take uh, Gibbs or Bajon Robinson in the, yep. in the first round. So like
1: Mixon gets
0: hurt. That Another guy's going to
1: great go. point by you. He might end up being a fantasy football. hundred percent. Keep your eyes on
0: R- rookie rookie running backs, handcuffs. Like you, you'll take Mixon in the second round and you're going to take Brown in the 14th round. And if Mixon gets hurt early, there's not going to be much drop-off in position, and that's the value uh, of running backs. So the Cardinals, we talked about it on Thursday. They got a value play on their guy. like Whether you like Paris Johnson or not, or whether you thought Kyler Murray is too empowered or not, uh, they were probably going to take him at three, and they get him at six, and added Houston's first and third for next year. Mm so for a team that's awful even if you don't love paris johnson um those are premium draft picks yes that that they added which is just so weird because you don't think of arizona as being a competent organization mm-hmm. and deandre hopkins is still there so i don't really know what they're going to look like this year right it's a new coach they did not do what people expected them to do but they are in a position For next year, if Kyler sucks and they go another year into that contract, that maybe they have enough draft ammunition to make a move into the top five and take one of those quarterbacks. So, I liked that. And then our guy from Syracuse, Garrett Williams, he was considered, you know, high second-round pick. Then blew out his knee. and And then blew out his knee. So, getting getting a very solid c- corner at a premium position when 9 out of 10 guys at that age it seems like come back 100% from ACL injuries i actually liked how it developed in terms of draft assets and pre- i mean tackle corner yeah. future first round pick from houston that's
1: that's pretty solid to me well the most interesting thing to me about their entire draft is actually what happens with with the quarterback they took clayton tune Because I think that there is now this, at least the media is pushing this narrative like, well, Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant, and who's going to be this year's guy who gets, and when you actually look at the draft, I thought that was the storyline. I felt like quarterbacks that really had no business getting drafted where they did shot up boards, and maybe some of that is the Brock Purdy effect. We have no no clue who Arizona is going to play at quarterback. Is it Colt McCoy? Is it David Blau? Is it Clayton Toon, who played forever at Houston? And, you know, is he the next Case Keenum? Is he somebody like that who plays for a long time in this league? Who knows? I mean, if if you're a late-round quarterback, if you're going to pick a team to go to for 2023, this would have been the best team. Because who knows when Kyler Murray plays, you actually have... There's actually an audition there to be their quarterback week one, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, and I mean it's very tough to predict the injury and the new coach, but I mean I also have an expectation that they're going to be terrible
1: this yeah, year. And but if I you're I would... a guy that gets drafted in the fifth round, where else are you going to get an opportunity to possibly play in in year one? No, it's just, it's just like the debate of like do you do you
0: want to play right away or do you want to sit for a minute? Sure. Be but when you're order. one of these
1: 26-year-old COVID quarterbacks, you might as well friggin' play.
0: Yeah, 20. <laughs> yeah. That, that's right. That's right. Uh
1: the Browns didn't pick until the third round. And Mel Kuiper says they had the, the third best draft from the AFC. Insanity.
0: Yeah, that's right. Mel, ridiculous. what are you
1: doing here? Now they did take Cedric Tillman from Tennessee. I know you're very familiar with him, Danny. He got hurt last year. And if this guy, he's one of these dudes that if he had come out of maybe the and been in the draft for 2022, would have been a better pick. He was better than Hyatt before the injury. I think we found out in this draft that most of the teams thought the Tennessee's offense was a gimmick offense with where their guys ended up all getting picked, Tendon Hooker included. And the thing about Tillman to me is, if I actually thought Deshaun Watson was going to have a bounce back season, I would love a pick like this big guy goes up and gets the football extremely productive in the best conference in college football. Where does he fit with Amari Cooper in their grand scheme of things? But honestly, Danny, I'm so down on Watson. And frankly, I thought they should have fired Stefanski that the Browns can make the most of their mid round picks. And I, I think they're stuck in the loaded AFC. I think their ceiling is like an eight win team. They uh, they have to
0: have drafted the heaviest draft class.
1: Oh, with the defensive tackle from Baylor and Dewan Jones, who's like a five hundred pound guy who refused to get weighed.
0: Yeah, like they they they
1: they, they, dra- they drafted a three hundred and forty
0: pound defensive tackle that like never rushed the passer a day in his life. Like he's like an old school like oh yeah tractor trailer. That's why I don't
1: know what Mel Kuyper's talking about here. Look. Yeah. I know a lot of the Steelers uh, staff always goes to the Ohio State Pro Day. It's an easy drive. They always pump out pros. They're always all over it. They're taking guys out for dinner. I heard that, like, Dewan Jones, that in the history of them doing this, no player turned them off more than Dewan Jones. Wow. With, wow. like, his work ethic and the way he handled himself, like, refused to do stuff. Apparently he had the same attitude, like, had an amazing first day at the senior bowl and then like refused to work out after that and refused to play in the game. I just can't fathom
0: you want to play pro football, right? Like you're yep. You know what I mean? Like there's the agent. It's a job interview. Right, but that's the thing. Like you've hired an agent, you've gone to the senior bowl. Why would you do that? But the pictures of Dewan Jones next to other linemen hilarious one of my favorite
1: things of the pre-draft process like he he looked, he, he towers looks, over them he looks like andre the giant man he, he looks like the dude from the eagles from australia mylata who they made and do a really good player
0: yes yes a much more modern ex- uh, reference than than the one i just gave you but yeah he is an absolute mountain of a man uh the falcons i don't have a ton on this other than i hated it <laughs> like, so they take our guy Bergeron from Syracuse, a he's guard. He's gonna be a guard, yeah. Right, a guard. They take Bijan Robinson, who they're like, he's much more than a running back. Okay, so what? What is? What does their offense need to be if they're using two top forty picks on non premium positions and rolling out Ritter? When to me, like taking Christian Gonzalez and pairing him opposite AJ Terrell and like trying to have two great corners would have been an interesting, an interesting move. And I know Gonzalez went a little lower than the mock drafts had him at, but regardless, like premium positions when you've got the eighth pick in the draft, do they have to be a top 10 offense to justify this draft? I would say they're not going to be.
1: So it's not going to justify it. Do you think that Arthur Smith has a deal like a, like a, like he has Arthur Blank's word, the owner there, that even if they really, the bottom falls out and they're an awful team this year, that he'll be back next season. Because part of me really thought, like as the days have gone on here, that they're going to pitch count Robinson with Algier. And if Ritter ends up making that big jump, great, he probably won't. They'll win about four or five games. And then just try to get Caleb Williams next year. Part of me, part of me thought that. They've signed a bunch of over-the-hill dudes in free agency. Like, is it just a quiet tank job? I don't know. Their division stinks, so maybe they are actually trying to win nine games. Well, didn't, didn't we say got. that the
0: Falcons were gonna tank last year?
1: Yes. And then they, and then they were that,
0: that on our NFC preview pod, we were like, this is a this is a sneaky number one pick team yeah this, this team might be tanking this team has a bottom five and then the rising football.
1: tide that was the nfc south lifted all boats to mediocrity yeah
0: to seven wins
1: exactly okay so mel Kuyper has the patriots next which i don't get again because they drafted a kicker and punter and so <laughs> and the kicker went in the fourth round by the way uh so here's my takeaway on their draft now. I think Christian Gonzalez in the first round and Keon White at forty six, the edge rusher from Georgia Tech. I yeah. think there's good value with both those picks, and we know Belichick knows defense, so he went to like his old, old habits, kind of diehard sort of thing. But what's very obvious to me, there's no help for Mac Jones. None whatsoever. They didn't take a pos- they didn't take a skill player till the sixth round. I mean, you're trying to figure out what your quarterback is. He's in year three, and you don't get him any help in the draft? Don't you think they know what he is, man? Like,
0: what what possible way? And I know guys can be late bloomers and all that. In the AFC, mm-hmm. what possible way is there for Mac Jones to be a quarterback good enough for you to win with?
1: Well, you go back to the formula you used for two, two years ago. When you made the playoffs, then you actually had offensive coaches who knew what the hell they were doing. I guess so. But I mean, but winning anything of like.
0: Oh, their margin
1: for error is so slim playing that way. And, And like since then, four quarterbacks have come into the AFC, like
0: in addition to the ones that were already there. Yeah. Right. That that are that are awesome, whether it's Trevor Lawrence or whatever you think about Russell Wilson or, you know, it's just Deshaun Watson. Like, it's just – it's getting tougher and tougher and tougher, and his ceiling is just so low, and the margin for error is a good way to put it. It's just – it's got to be his last year, and I'll be shocked if he gets the whole year. Uh, I have the Bears next. I was just doing this in order of how they picked in the NFC. I didn't do it through through Kuyper. Um, I said it on the last pod. I would have taken Jalen Carter over Darnell Wright. A yeah. lot of the stuff I've learned about Darnell Wright, like, going more in-depth on him since – I really like. I think he plugs the biggest hole on their offense. Still would have taken Carter, but should be a day one starter at right tackle. Um, the media seemed to hate the rest of the draft on day two for the Bears. Defensive uh, tackles. Yeah, Dervin Dexter and Zach Pickens. Zach with two C's and an H. Never seen Zach spelled that way, by the way. Um, those were like the definition. Of drafting for need picks, and I can't hate on it. Like I, I don't think it can be overstated how little talent there is on the Bears' defensive line. So I'm always a best player available at a position of need. And when you have a defensive head coach and you pass on Jalen Carter, yeah, you need to give him some young bodies with some upside for the defensive line, and then. Uh, Johnson, the running back from Texas who played behind Bijan, he all, he actually has awesome highlights who just seemed like he got overshadowed there. Tyler Scott, uh,
1: Cincinnati receiver. receiver.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not quite the athlete that Alec Pierce was, but also an awesome highlight tape. So I actually thought that as the draft went on, it got more and more sensible, but it was strictly a need based draft for the bears.
1: Yep. Well, they had a they had they basically could have done taken any player because the, the, as you said they had needs all over the place. Obviously, some bigger than others, but the Bears to me, like they're going to be an interesting team all off season for me because I honestly think that they're in a very I, I usually love betting the over on teams like this, teams that on paper probably have the best quarterback in the division, but the worst roster around him and just counting on the quarterback to make everybody else better. Like that was my logic when I bet the Bengals to win the AFC North two years ago with burrow at 20 to one, like, all right, he'll figure it out. He's got a bunch of receivers. I love this guy. Like I think fields will be better than Kirk cousins, Jared Goff, and and Jordan love this year. And so if you have the best quarterback in your division, like shouldn't the expectation be if you make the roster around him better and fill those holes that you're a good football team. It
0: definitely should be. I mean, the thing is, man, I am open to the possibility that Jared Goff is good. Mm. Like, and, and it's situational. We, we do this all the time. We did it with Jalen hurts in Philly. Like, Look at what he had around him, and it elevated him. Look at what the guys in San Francisco had, and it elevated him. What doesn't Goff have on offense? He has continuity of a system. He's got arguably the best offensive line in football. Two legit receivers. Just drafted a tight end. Yeah. Uh, great well, he had all those things last he year. He had
1: those things in L.A., and he was still... He was, in, he was erratic. He was inconsistent. He would have a great year, and then he would have an average year, and then he would have a bad year, and then he would have a good... Like, that's his MO, I think, as a quarterback.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, he's 28 years old. Yeah. And, you know, could, could develop into it. What I, I mean, the guy had 4,400 yards, 29 touchdowns, and seven picks last year. He had a great season. Very efficient, never turned the ball over. So... I listen. I love Fields, and I absolutely think he's more talented than Goff, Obviously, um, and the Bears' offense now—like, I'm not going to say it's good, you but got it's, DJ Moore, yeah, it's it's not bad.
1: Yeah, Comet, uh, Komet,
0: Komet, DJ Moore, Playful, Stinks, Playful, okay. Mooney. No, I I know, but like, here's what it, here's what I can say about the Bears' offense: that if their skill position players, if any of them just were like cut they would all immediately get signed by other teams that's a low bar but that has <laughs> not been the case for years yeah like they are at least all nfl players yep so then if you add fields in i kind of like it